Hello everyone. Welcome to non-student. I'm the host Mukesh Sharma. This year, the COVID pandemic has finally gripped India, and many vultures, domestic and foreign, are ready to make a negative and disastrous swimming ground out of it. Many reports are in secular to defame India and Indians. Criticism is necessary to guide a democratic system, but defaming a particular person and ideology is against a parliamentary system. I don't belong to any ideology except humanity. There is a scathing opinion and ridiculous conclusion about Indian regime. These opinions change at the drop of a hat. The personal opinion follows. After the spectacular failure of the U.S.-sponsored invasion of Cuba at the Bay of Pigs, then President John F. Kennedy did the honorable thing. He took full responsibility for the fiasco. Victory has a hundred fathers, and defeat is an, of, an orphan. He told the nation, Americans appreciated Kennedy's candor, rewarding him with an unexpected rise in his approval ratings. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has taken the opposite path and is getting punished at the polls. Faced with an even bigger disaster, a devastating COVID-19 outbreak with a projected 1 million deaths by the end of July amid shortages of ambulances, oxygen and vaccines, Modi is blaming anyone but himself. His lack of leadership likely played a major role in recent elections in West Bengal, India's fourth most populous state, where voters handed Mori's party and the party a resounding defeat. It was a state he coveted most and where he'd campaigned relentlessly, holding irresponsible public rallies even as the virus was multiplying across the country. Modi has been immensely popular among Indians, but public criticism is now at its sharpest across the country. He has been absent from the public eye in recent weeks. He has continued to operate as if nothing has changed, including pressing forward with his personal prestige project of rebuilding the Indian capital with such monuments as a palatial new prime minister's residence at a time when the country has clearly different priorities and he hopes that the next national elections in 2024 are sufficiently far away that Indians voter will have put the trauma of the pandemic aside and return to supporting his Hindu nationalist party. While the political opposition is still divided and not yet ready to mount a national challenge, the pandemic has opened a gate of public criticism unlike anything Modi has faced since it took office in 2014. It wasn't supposed to be like that. At the Virtual World Economic Forum in January, Modi patted himself on the back and ridiculed those who had feared India would be swallowed by the COVID-19 tsunami. India was handling the crisis so well. Modi said that it could afford to help other countries by donating vaccines, even as scientists warned about shortages in India. India's National COVID-19 Task Force didn't even meet in February or March. Lacking urgency, the government ordered vaccines several months after the United States 
the European Union, Japan and Brazil had already secured supplies. Hospitals in India had begun winding down the extra capacity they had preemptively put in place. As a result, the country was disastrously unprepared when the current crisis hit. But in Maurice, India, the buck keeps rolling, settling conveniently wherever the Prime Minister believes a blame should lie. This is hardly unusual. Mori has never failed to take credit for achievements belonging to others, nor has he accepted blame for the various disasters during his seven-year rule. Now, with the worst public health crisis for India in nearly a century, Mori's luck may have finally run out. Mori's determination to win West Bengal was real. The elections were placed over a month in eight phases and Mori addressed many delays without any social distancing measures during the campaign. He eventually cancelled only the last few. When the votes were counted of the 292 seats at stake, the BJP won 77, a significant improvement over the three sheet it held in 2016. The resounding victory, however, was All India Terminal Congress, the Conservative Party of Incumbent West Bengal Chief Minister Mamda Banerjee, which won two-thirteen seats, two more than in the last election. The BJP's gains were impressive, but they came at the cost of a decimated left. The election rallies were not the Modi government's only reckless moves that worsened the pandemic every 12 years. Millions of devout Hindus congregate at the Kumela festival in Haridwar, a town in the northern Indian state of Uttarakhand. In dense crowds, they take a ritual dip in the Ganges, which they consider a holy river. Hosting such a festival during a pandemic is callous. The so because it was brought forward from its regular date next year based on an astrological prediction. Uttarakhand's Chief Minister Pupur Kansan saying people would be safe before he later got infected. Mori has been silent about why massive rallies were allowed to take place for the election. He meekly asked devotees not to go to Haridwar. A half-hearted plea most of them ignored. Mori took no blame, but now the public mood has turned from despair and sadness to anger. Magazines are publishing images of dead bodies waiting at crematoriums. The Indian Medical Association has taken the unusual step of criticizing the Prime Minister. The Indian Supreme Court has condemned the government for threatening to prosecute anyone using social media to seek medical help ostensibly to prevent the spread of misinformation. A prominent, normally pro-government publisher approvingly retweeted a comment from a rival newspaper who wrote critically of the government. Mori's most virulent and vehement public supporters have either been silent or half-heartedly blamed opposition rule states for the disarray. When the pandemic did not hit Indian grossly last year, Indians thought they had immunity because of the warmer climate, some presumed genetic protection and specific dietary habits. Key opinion makers ridiculed experts who had predicted a worse pandemic outcome for India. 
the government did impose a severe lockdown causing significant difficulties for India's armies of migrant workers. But then the country relaxed and the government was found asleep at the wheel. The Indian crisis was, uh, was anticipated. While it would, could not have been averted, the effects could have been minimized. Every worst case scenario is coming true. The country's health infrastructure has collapsed. Hospitals are running, turning away patients. Ventilators are in short supply. Hospitals are desperately posting appeals on social media for oxygen. Ambulances are unavailable when needed. One doctor who had been working at an intensive care unit treating COVID-19 patients hanged himself. Crematoriums are pleading with the bereaved to have patience as they have cannot cop. As some crematoriums, the number of bodies cremated daily has risen tenfold. Makeshift funeral pyres are being built in parking lots permanently close to one another, where grieving relatives get only limited time to say farewell to their loved ones. There is a shortage of wood. Furnaces are red hot and melting, and fires have broken out over suspicions that some people are jumping the line at crematoriums. There is no sign when this apocalyptic scenario might end. Yet, instead of accepting blame and firmly taking charge, the government is at the receiving end of criticism from the courts. In addition to various accusations, the Supreme Court has begun to mandate the amount of oxygen that must be supplied to hospitals in different states. Government supporters are now complaining of judicial interference. Foreign Minister S. Jayashankar has been urging diplomats to counter the adverse publicity stemming from the pandemic, asking them to write denials and accusing foreign media of propaganda in screeds that follow Maoist or Stalinist templates. But the buck keeps rolling. BJP leaders have alternatively blamed in China and Indian Muslim congregation and states controlled by the opposition. Modi's health minister, who has promoted dubious historic cures, claims there are no shortages. New Delhi has left it to the states to arrange for vaccine imports on their own. Modi's supporters callously discount the number of deaths by saying that relative to India's population, it is a low percentage. But it doesn't take a genius to recognize that in a large country like India, even a fraction of a percent can mean millions of people. The apocalyptic scenes now playing out in India have not only deflated Modi's reputation abroad, but also severely dented his image at home. West Bengal wasn't the, the only state to bring Modi bad news. In other state elections that concluded in early May, the BJP failed to win a single seat in Kerala, where the left Democratic Front, led by the Communist Party of India Marxist, was re-elected. In Tamil Nadu, another southern state, All India, Anna Darvid Munetri Kazgam, a conservative party, allowed with the BJP at the national level, lost power to the Secular Progressive Alliance. After seven years, voters in some Indian states at least have had enough and are responding in the only way Modi seems to understand by driving his party and allies from power. As a result of the pandemic, 
the unstoppable march of Modi and the BJP has finally slowed, but only at that tragic cost in human lives. India continues to undercount the dead, and government supporters still downplay the crisis. But the overworked crematoriums and pyres in the streets presents a far more harrowing image that no deflection of blame can uh, erase. Ah, wondrous, amazing. What a brilliant and incisive rhetoric. There are many big buts, strong negative remarks. No one is got in any form, whether a prime minister, a president, a premier, a chancellor, the UN or any other entity. India is too big to control or manage in such a pandemic where many great powers are down to their knees, including the US, many rich European nations. Make a mistake and be ready for attacks. That is the point of this world, influencing many aspects of a country's growth. So the point here is that the opinion makers must be aware of the ground realities before highlighting their thinking power in such a disturbed world by this historical pandemic. Fox, more things are coming. Nice to connect with you. Dear listeners, you can listen to this podcast anywhere, anytime on various platforms like Apple, Google Breakers, Spotify, Overcast, and many other platforms to enjoy the difference, different perspective on different issues. Keep listening to Nonstand. I'm the host of Nonstand Mukesh Sharma and keep supporting the live system around you. Thank you very much. Thank you.